Check, 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 check. Check, I don't hear anything. You don't hear anything? No. Really? Mm-mm. Interesting. Hmm. Still nothing. You sure? What is happening? Let me pause this again. Okay. Technical difficulties averted. Now we're in biz. We are in biz. We're the best in the biz, I would say. Stay with the rest of the biz. Yes. What is it, a Thursday? Nice Thursday evening pod. Mm-hmm. Episode 393. We're getting there. Seven more ep- eps. And we're at the 400th ep- episode spectac. Yeah. Spectacular. It's going to be a big deal. We're going to invite all the all our old friends. Probably not. No. <laughs> Maybe me, me and you. Hey. It'll probably just be us. 400 episodes. Neat. <laughs> Um, I was just watching this thing explaining how Damon Targaryen was able to beat the crab feeder guy so easily. And I'm wondering how they're going to explain that he doesn't get grayscale. Is it the Targaryen exceptionalism stuff that they just don't get sick? Well, they don't get the flu. Um, there's a few things they don't get. Um. They're 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 they don't get mo- me- most plagues like most plagues yeah. go pass them by. I'm um, just wondering about that one because grayscale seems to be a big deal in this world. It seems to be like what is like, you get grayscale it's or like the reverse of leprosy? Because leprosy you kind of rot off. This thing turns you to stone. Yeah. Um, it's a some people get it and recover. Some people, you know, but now it's cured. Sam Tarley cured it, so yeah. But that happened way after um, this. Well, I know, but <laughs> and also considering the fact that the the treatment process looks abhorrently painful, uh, it just doesn't seem like fun at all. <laughs> right? He he cured Sir Jorah. Um, why wouldn't uh, why wouldn't Jorah um, go try to get that fixed before it almost took over his entire body? Because he needed to. Well, there is no fix. Like, well, yes, they didn't think there was a fix. There is no cure for grayscale. They they can do different things for it, like um, rip your skin off, like Sam did. Usually, your body has to either, you know, if you get it and you and your and you don't die from it, you're marked for, for it for the rest of your life. Like yeah. Shireen was marked. You know, yeah. she got it when she was just a baby. And yeah, her poor little face. Mm-hmm. But it. Uh, I guess they caught it early, and or maybe I've heard that some people don't get it as bad as others. They don't. I mean, and it's, she had Targaryen blood. It's very, it's very COVID. It's very COVID esque. She, uh, like, the Baratheons have a have a drop. Yeah, it's like drop. five, six generations, right? Maybe even ten generations before her. But there's a little drip drop. It's not quite that many. It's about 175 years. Well, 300 years before. So yeah, so maybe ten. That, that is that ten generations. It could be. I don't know. Is 30 years a generation. That's about right. That seems to make sense. Mm-hmm. We should look up how long a generation is. Because I, how long, like what? But that's very subjective. I know. I would say that a generation is 10 years, you know. 30 years is what it says a generation ah, is. So you were exactly right. It was 10 generations. Which makes sense because my mom is exactly 30 years older than me. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's wild. Considering the, yeah. Man, the, the kids of 2007 are just one generation removed from me. Yeah. Hmm. It's weird. It's nuts. We're Gen X. Yeah. Almost whatever. We're almost considered millennials. Some people actually consider like 77, 76 to 91 or something millennial, but I don't know. I don't know. That's a, I think that's a difference in outlook. That's a difference in That's a completely opinion. different thing. Yeah. Like if you were born in like 91... By the time you turn five, the internet's everywhere. Exactly. You know? I, I think they need to mark off generations two with things like that. But then that gets dicey because you've got things like, um, like as we've discussed, that that uh, that metaphor or whatever the, that uh, Dan Carn came up with, historical estuary, where things get mixed and then there's a chasm between one period and another with those chasms are mixed together. Like the civil war, the country was vastly different after the civil war than it was before. Yeah. Like it was a completely different place. Um, after world war one, the world was post world war one. You know, you had, you know, the, this, this very prosperous time leading up to world war one. And then the fucking world just went to complete to shit. And then they didn't recover from that until after world war two. So, the world was a pretty shit place up until about 1950. Um, even post World War II, and yet. then rock and roll came along and ruined it all. Well, it just was a period of up, an uptick of prosperity and uh, peace, and um, you know they, they had to they get all that shit out of their system. And it's crazy to, to think that rock and roll is only five years after the uh, virtu- the end of the Holocaust. I mean, I'd say. Mainstream birth of rock and rolls whenever Elvis went on. It's it about 1950, isn't it? 55? Okay, so 10 years, you know. Yeah. Um, but it had been kicking around in the juke joints and everything down yeah. south for a long time. Right. Probably since the early 40s, I would think. Well, but also, I mean, you, you can say different odds. I would say the punk was born in the 50s, too. If you Buddy Holly played punk songs, they are definite punk songs. Yeah. And then you know, rockabilly is punk. Yeah, punk is rockabilly. So, you know, the guys in Social Distortion, you know, despite their very nice and intricate and quality looking tattoos, would fit right into the fucking tattoos. Yeah, I mean, pompadours. Yeah, and all that. yeah. I mean, that's the the look. I always wish I could have cultivated, but I'm a little too squat. I'm a little chain too, wallets. Uh, I'm a little too uh, blocky. To pull off something like that, you have you to be, seem more like a uh, sleeveless T-shirt, that guy, MAGA hat type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an actress gotten uh, heat, some heat on Twitter for having like a country western party, and she's she might literally be the hottest person that's ever walked the face of the earth. Okay, um, but like some of the people wearing costumes were had MAGA hats on. They were like, "You, how do you? How dare you?" She's like, "I was just, we were just having fun with my parents. It was like a oh, some God. sort of this whole, this whole fucking thing has just gone way beyond." <laughs> I'll I pull mean, up a picture of her. You might or might not agree that she could possibly be the hottest. Well, woman consider my wheelhouse. You know, she might not be in my wheelhouse. The hair might get you. She's, she's blonde. A, she's a blonde. Nah, but. There are a select few of blondes, but very few. Look at those. She's beautiful. Oh, She's let me find you some pictures of her cans. There we go. 
There's one. Jesus. Yeah. She's got some hammers on her son. God bless her. Sneaky big tits. Yeah. Well, bam. These are all real, too. These are like, um, these. Uh, she's on that show where everybody does heroin. I forget what it's called. About high school Euphoria. kids party. Yeah. Yeah. I and was told to watch that and still haven't because I've got a backlog of It shows. is very good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, it's I'm, very good. The person who told me to, to watch it, I trust their judgment. So, But like um, in the show, I think nudes of hers were passing around. So she 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 gave them actual <laughs> nudes of herself. If I looked like that, it'd be, I wouldn't wear clothes if I was a chick. Yeah. Only because you have to, I guess. Right. I guess I should play the theme song. We're here. Theme shmeem. Okay. Uh, we're doing it. It's official now. Eight minutes in. Almost nine minutes. Yeah. Shabba. All, all multiples of three. Yeah. They are. Ooh, it's a sign. So would it you, would be a sign if it was QAnon. Yeah. They would they would create whatever they need whatever they needed out of that. <laughs> um, what'd you think of uh, this week's episode of House of Dragons? I thought it was fucking tremendous. I thought it, it was, was great. I thought it was a, a that's writing. That is, yeah, that, is, that is defining something two people, separate characters. People don't really understand or might not know about the uh, the book that this is based on. Mm-hmm. They have to create situations and everything. All we know from reading the book is uh, the historical happenings. We don't really know dialogue. We don't really know um, a lot of the players that were here and there. Right. You know what I mean? And they set up everything pretty pretty perfectly yeah they and did. it's pretty much following along the the book so you're to the, the point you're to the the dance of dragons now oh yeah the dance has begun what was the line the, right right after have you gotten to uh cheese and blood yet yeah. blood and cheese how are they gonna put that one on screen i don't fucking know that's pretty fucking brutal they'll have to tone some of that down i'm spoilers ahead you know we're gonna yeah. discuss this yeah um all right 20 years in the future or whatever mm-hmm. spoiler alert they're really foreshadowing the shit out of it. Viserys dies. And they're doing a really job foreshadowing. His hair's a little thinner on top. The hair he is he, back. He's fat. He's so weak. He's getting hammered. He's such a weak but pleasant person. Oh, like, he's such a sweet guy. He's one of those people who should never be a, a monarch. He could be you a know, I bet you Amon knew that he would be like that. Amon, no, I bet you Amon would have been a good king. Which one's Amon? That's his brother. Meister right? Amon. Oh, Meister. Oh, yeah. well, Maester Aegon wasn't around for him. Aegon the Unlikely's brother. No, I'm just I'm, I'm 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 talking monarchs now. Oh yeah, people who can be monarchs. Yeah, people like Robert Baratheon, who is a great warrior but a shit king, like just he'd fucking be, garbage. I mean, he'd be a good leader of the army, Kingsguard, whatever. Probably not Kingsguard. You want he's him not even that good of a general. I mean, he he's he's a great warrior. Like, well, it depends on which Robert you're talking about. Now, Robert on the show is a little bit more canny on the battlefield robert in the book is just a fucking monster on the battlefield and you and he could beat any you know in his youth he could beat virtually any man sir barrison could take him 
He could take the mountain. I know he could take the mountain. I don't give a fuck because Robert is every big. bit as well, Robert is every big bit as strong as the mountain with, with not being that big, and he's quicker. So, and he's much more intelligent. Yeah, the mountain Robert, is just a doof. He's just a fucking. He's a monster. He, he's he a just fucking, follows his id. That's it. He yeah, just, yeah. He's he's a he's a bully. Like the whole story. You'll get to this story in the book where Polliver and a bunch of guys are sitting around. Telling a story. This is after. See, we can do a whole fucking podcast on these books. Once you start reading them, mm-hmm. all the shit we can discuss. I mean, we're kind of doing that now. That's true, and I don't give a fuck. That's, I don't care. It's great. Either. Let's do it. I enjoy <laughs> talking about it because let's I'm, lean in. Once you get into some more fantasy, <laughs> we can discuss those too. Um, compare and contrast. No, um, after the mountain was un, uh, was defeated in the in the. By the Night of the Flowers. Yes. Lord yeah, Tyrell beat him in, a, in, you know. Joust or whatever. Yeah, in the joust. He couldn't have beat him in the melee. No, God, no. No. His his brother might have been able to beat the mountain, but that's another fucking thing uh, entirely. What a great scene that was after uh, the Hound saves Loras. And and then the, Robert stood up. He said, stop this madness in the name of your king. And, and they're then just he, like, just, he kneels and he just misses yeah. getting his head cut. The off. crazy thing about it is Mark Addy, as great as he is at Robert, and he was a good Robert, does not capture. Ned describes that scene. You see it from Ned's point of view. He said, the world just goes mad. You have these two giant men fucking going at it. And then Robert stands up. And even though he's fat and even though he's red faced and all this stuff, his voice cut through it all. Like he said, he had this battlefield voice. There was just a like thunder rumbling and they both just stopped. You know, it's just like, because Robert could be an extremely intimidating person, even to men that size. I bet you Robert could have stared down the mountain. He'd been like, he would, he would have got right in his face. He wouldn't have been afraid of him. You know, that would have been an interesting fight because their primes were at different times. Mm-hmm. So um, back to the thing, um, there's a scene where an Arya is overhearing this. Polliver is telling a story. Um, and it, it's all of those, basically the guys that were in the fucking inn when the hound, they might even be in the same, the same scene in the book that happened in the show. He's describing the scene where the innkeeper's daughter who was not even probably 13 was waiting on him and they start goosing her and acting like shit and all this stuff. So the guy makes the mistake of coming out and asking sir, sir Gregor, the mountain to you're a knight, sir. Can you do something about these guys fucking with my daughter? You know, basically and it says a plight and everything. They said, the mountain just looks at him. He said, bring her out here. So he brought her out here and then he takes her and rapes her on the table in front of everybody. Jesus. Just she's screaming and flopping and all that stuff, and then they just take turns raping her, and then the 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 innkeepers, and then the and then the brother comes walking upstairs with a knife. He's going to do something about it. They kill him. They just stab him in the stomach and kill him. And then he throws the innkeeper a silver. This is the worst part about the whole fucking thing. These are the kind of people you're dealing with, bullies that I fucking despise. You know, throws him a fucking silver stag. And says, I want my chain. She's not worth that. Jesus. Yeah. That's the kind of fucking people. That is why, you know, when Oberyn Martell is beating his fucking ass and just fucking handing it to him, you're so hopeful that this is the way it's going to go. Yeah. This motherfucker is finally, and he does get what's coming to him in a more eventual fashion. But, um, you know, I, you, you, Oberyn just fucks up and, you know, just gave him, a, gave him an end that he shouldn't have given him. You know, he Leon led it into the end zone. 
basically, yes, he had him. He had him down. All he had to do was finish him. You know. Yep. But he was so consumed with vengeance that he wanted him to say, Elia. You know, say her name and all that stuff. But one of the one of the best lines. I don't know if he said it in the show. He's basically like, you motherfucker, you'll say her name or I'll chase your ass after I kill you through the seven hells for eternity until you say it, you know, <laughs> and just has got him on the ground saying that, you know what I mean? I love that fucking battle in the book. I can't wait for you to read this shit and how and how it stacks up to the book, to the show. The show is great and some things it does better, but not most things like it. You know, those battles are much more epic. They're more visceral you know they're more violent in the in the book if it's possible than they are in the show so yeah i mean some of the things that happen in the book are just pornographic in their in their in their scope of violence so you know you're talking about it's crazy now i'm reading john steinbeck adapted he wrote a plain english version of the knights of the round table you know basically mallory you know lamort to arthur you know um and i think that's mallory who wrote that and um, it's beautiful, and it's awesome, and it's all those things. And it's, it's a similar time, like even though it's on different planets or whatever, not even different planets, different worlds, let's say, because, you know, once you get into planets, you're getting into sci-fi, and then you just, you can't wrap your head around that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, why is it like our world? And I just shut the fuck up and enjoy it, you know? Um, and those times were so fucking brutal that it's just... The knights, they try to do all that chivalry and all that. It's bullshit. They were fucking monsters. They, they really, did whatever they fucking They really wanted. kind of show that in the show. Yeah. I'm sure they show it in the books, too. They're supposed to follow that code, and there are some that do. For every Sir Barrison, though, you have, you have Probably, three Sir Gregors. You yeah. know what I mean? You have, uh, you know, the, the descriptions of these fucking guys who are just monsters. And there's nothing anybody can do about it, except another knight who is like bound by chivalry to stop him. But at the same time, politics comes into play. Sir Barristan would have killed Gre- Sir Gregor if he could have gotten his fucking hands on him. He would have killed Robert. Sir, and Sir Barristan is describing a scene that he said when he saw he was in a sling, he had, they had pardoned him and he was bringing, and, he was, and they were showing the bodies of the Targaryens. And he said, if Robert had smiled at that moment, he said, no man in the seven kingdoms, no 10 men could have gotten his way. He would have killed him. He would have cut him down and he could have done it. Sir Barristan, even at that time wounded, could have taken Robert and they all fucking knew it, you know? So it's one of the reasons they pardoned him. Cause it's like, well, if we fucking have to kill this guy, you know how many men we're going to fucking lose, you know, <laughs> just pardon him. <laughs> they really didn't. If he'll take the pardon, you know, at, at some point he didn't know if he was going to take it. So they didn't do him uh, justice in the show. They didn't fucking Westeros Captain America. That's what he is. That's what I'm hoping is that when they when they run these shows together and eventually the shows will catch up to each other. The end of Fire and Blood is pretty much the beginning of the War of the Nine Penny Kings. You know, mm-hmm. you have all those things start to happen. You know, well, no, that's not true. The end of Fire and Blood, I think, is kind of like you're getting almost into the beginning of Night of the Seven Kingdoms, the, the Adventures of Duncan Egg. So then that goes into Sir Duncan. Sir Barrison knew Sir Duncan. Sir Duncan was an old man when he knew him. And he knew Aegon, you know, the unlikely. And, um, you know, that's as, as a matter of fact, I, I said I didn't know who said the, the quote with the Nine Penny Kings. It was Sir Duncan the Tall. He, he's, you know, I can't remember the. He said crowns are worth nine pennies now because everybody fucking has one. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just brilliant fucking shit. Um, I just love 
writing about this kind of stuff. I love knights. I love, you know, the the war, the the brutality, you know, but also the chivalry. The fact that you have it's a lot like professional wrestling. You have heels and fucking baby faces, and you're going to find out who's the baddest. That's you know? one of the uh, complaints I've heard about House of the Dragon is you there's um. <clears throat> You don't know who's bad and who's good. I'm like, yeah, that's that's the point. That's good. That's <laughs> yeah. that's good TV. Viserys is a good man, but a terrible king. Daemon is a bad man who would be a heavy-handed king, but a bad king, I don't know. I mean, he would deal with situations like the things that happened in the Stepstones in a decisive and, and, and brutal manner. I think Renera would have been a good queen before Rhaenyra all this would have shit. Been a great queen. Before all this shit that I'm reading about right now happened. Yeah. God. It's getting really dark with blood and cheese. Well, I don't want to tell you what happens at the end. You know, uh, do you want uh, me to tell you? No, okay, because uh, <laughs> you're going to be coming up on it, and it's bad. It's getting super dark. They, um, it's 20 years in the future now. Mm-hmm. Viserys has died. Uh, yeah. Aegon the second, I guess, mm-hmm. has claimed the throne. Rhaenyra's yep. on Dragonstone. She has children. They have children. Their children grew up together. Right. One of her. One of Rhaenyra's children put out Allison. One of Allison's kids' eyes. Mm-hmm. There's revenge involved. The kid. There's who, a lot more characters that are going to be in the show. Allison's kid and Damon. Can I tell you that? That's coming up, I'm sure. Go ahead. They have a throwdown where it is him. It was Damon versus that kid. That kid is no chump. Did that one. Daron, I think, or. or is it Amon? Amon. It might Amond. be Amon. Amon. With a D at the end. Yeah. And they get in a fight over the God's Eye. They're on their dragons. Fucking, uh, the kid is on Vagar, which is the biggest dragon. And then he's on Caraxes, which is his dragon. So or, eventually no, or, in the show. What is his dragon? Syrax. Or his is Caraxes. Caraxes. That's the, right. The blood worm. Right. Ugh, what a name. That's a fucking awesome name, too. Um, and he goes up in the air. Till we can't see, and then he plunges down on him, and they're fucking locked in battle. He didn't strap into his fucking saddle, yeah. And he gets up and runs across the dragons and jumps and fucking hits him and kills him and sticks a sword through his eye, and they all four tumble to their fucking deaths into the god's eye, and the and the fucking lake is boiling with dragon's blood. The end, you know. It's like fucking. It is going to be the most epic fucking thing on screen ever, guys. Do not listen to this fucking podcast. <laughs> is it? I'm wondering if it's how long. This the Dance of the Dragons is going to last in TV time. It's going to have Probably to just be seasons. one season, really. I mean, well, maybe two seasons. Maybe it's been because, renewed because it's an anthology show. It has been renewed, right? But it's it, it has to be an anthology show. You just can't do House of the Dragon, and that's it. Because now you have all this lore that you have to get into. You have to go into uh, people are going to want more. Because exactly, it's really good. Somebody eventually is going to be like, well, why can't we get one about Amon? Um, Get one about the Aegon's Aegon the Conqueror. Yeah. Why can't we get him and Visenya and Rhaenys? Why can't we do that? You know how much cool shit is in that fuck. The, the very scene with like we've discussed a hundred times with the veil with you know with with um, Visenya. That's just, that's just like three little sentences in that book. I'd love to see that fleshed out to yeah, like a five minute segment on a show. It's dude. He he. All that lore is just so good. And then we have you know. Uh, like I said, Night of the Seven Kingdoms, you have, I just finished that again, and I far, forgot what a fucking beautiful book that is. That might be his best work. It's better than Game of Thrones. I like his work on Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I like his work on, uh, God, he did he did so much other stuff. He, he He's wrote done a lot. I Twilight Zone. He wrote some of the Twilight Zone. Before, um, 
before the last month or two, I didn't really realize he'd done so much TV stuff. So that's why he's so good at getting TV stuff done. He is. Because whenever whenever he's involved, like he wasn't involved after season five of Game of Thrones. No. Not really. They'd run some shit by him here and there. But the first five seasons, I'd guess, pretty much flawless. Yeah. Six season was still pretty good. You got the Battle of the Bastards in there holding everything together. Yeah, and that was that was actually the books were building to that. Yeah. Like uh Dance with Dragons, that is being set up right now because there's a giant storm happening and Jon Snow is on the wall and Ramsey Snow sends him a letter the pink taunting letter. him. Yeah. yeah. And he and he's just like keeps on calling him bastard in the fucking letter. Come and see. Yeah. I, I don't know if that was in the in the books, but that was very scary in the show. Yeah, come I and mean, see. Yeah, it was like, and John is rallying men and they're cheering, and then the, and then they stab him, they kill him. You know, uh, Alice of Thorn, Bowen Marsh. Um, I want to say, God, I used to know all these fuck Cotter Pike. I used to know all the men on the wall. Cotter, all the men who were in command. Cotter Pike is uh, a bastard from from the Iron Islands. Um, uh, you know, all these awesome fucking characters. My favorite character they didn't put in the show, and I'm fucking mad about it. He was a blacksmith named. Um, he 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 smithed for the fucking Baratheons. Blacksmithington. <laughs> well, he was. Well, that's essentially what he was. He was just like the essence of a blacksmith. A, a big. Strong, ugly guy who'd lost an arm at uh, fighting, fighting uh, in the Iron Islands. He had gotten an infection. They cut his arm off, and he went to the wall. Um, Donal Noy was his name, and Donal Noy gives he he gives the most brilliant analysis of the three Baratheon brothers, and he and he relates them to metals. He said, "Roberts, it's a true steel." He's like he's he's he was. Handsome, he was powerful, he was durable, all those things. He said, Stannis is, is iron. Yes, he's strong and he, and he's and he's but he is brittle, you know. And he said, Renly is copper. He's bright and pretty, but he's not very good for very much at the end of the day. <laughs> so <laughs> um I like um uh Renera's <clears throat> sort of blatant disrespect for Queen Allison <laughs> whenever she's at the tree and and she's yeah, using, well, that she's was using so that, petty. I she's mean, using that Samwell guy as an iPod shuffle. I, <laughs> I didn't tell you to stop playing. The queen told you to stop playing. And I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. You know? um, <laughs> and they also, it's uh, between episode two and episode three, there's two years. Mm-hmm. And they made her look like she's about two years older. They, they're, they're, they took the, they're she so had, excellent. She had some like little freckles on mm-hmm. her face. And then now she looks like she's 17. Like, Freckles are gone and all that shit. Allison is put in an, an impossible position. Oh, yeah. Even in the books, I kind of like Allison. She's not a bad. Like she's she's a nice woman. She's she's. I, I think that, that I like they flesh it out that her father is behind all these moves, using his daughter as a pawn, a political pawn. She didn't want to do half this shit. She's not attracted to Rissers. She liked him. He was a nice man, yeah. but she liked him as in she liked Rhaenyra's father. Isn't he a nice man that I would like to hug and? You know, and he's kind of like an uncle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not, I want to fuck him and have his kids. You know what I mean? She knew what that would do to Rhaenyra. She knew it. But her father- In the book, also, she's a little bit older than Rhaenyra. Yeah. By like probably five or six years. I yeah. Um, would they have been friends? You know, probably not. But they're at court together. So they at least knew each other. Um, 
you know, it makes it more interesting to make them. Best it does. Friends. It does. I mean, that, that was definitely a, a, a television choice. Yeah. So, um, I love it. Uh, we haven't even discussed the scene yet. Um, I love the fact. I do not know which dragon that that uh, Corliss Valerian's son was uh, in Rainy's. Sea Smoke. Is that who it is? I think so. Okay, that would be that would be Rainy's dragon then. I think. I think she Corliss does not have a dragon. Hers is the Red dragon. Queen. Hers is Vela, the Red Queen, something like that. Valar, maybe. Valar, maybe. Yeah. Well, let's look this up. Whose dragon? It might just be a dragon that they have because not every dragon belongs to somebody. Let's see. Rainies. We're going to find some shit about uh, old Lanor Valerion, too, that people might not be expecting. He's a, he's a bit of a bum fancy. Who is? Lanor. Yeah, he is. He's a bum fancy. That means we, they called us pole fancies. <laughs> <laughs> um, Malus, the Red Queen. Yeah, something like that. She was married to Lord Corliss. She was a dragon rider whose dragon was Maylis, the Red Queen. Um, sea Smoke. Let's see who Sea Smoke belonged to. The one that they're looking for now, the, um, the little girl asked about him. Her, maybe, Vagar. She's the biggest one left over. Vagar after, is the... She's Valerion. Um, she disappeared or something. She's like, she probably went back. She probably flew back to Valeria. There's a reason why they mentioned her. Yeah, they're getting ready to bring her up. She's going to come back. Because that's going to be Amon's dragon. Amon rides yeah. Vagar. Let's see. Sea Smoke was a pale silver gray dragon. He was of fighting size during the dance. Still a young dragon. He was Contrasatisarian. About three times smaller than Vermithor. And he wasn't very he wasn't as fearsome. Um Okay. Sea Smoke was a young dragon bonded with Valenor Valerian, though he had yet to ride him. Um, sea Smoke was Lenord's pride and passion. So we have now defeated one of the the people who are opposed by racial means to to black dragon riders. Well, that can't be black dragon. I've heard that. You know, that's that's some of the scuttlebutt on the internet. Well, that, well we can't have. I'm like, fuck you, fuck you. You know, he is a part black Valyrian who rides a dragon. It's over. It's done. Yeah, fucking accept it. You know, so. I want to give Lord of the Throne, Lord of the Rings, its shot. I've heard good things about it. Uh, I've heard bad things too. But I've heard both. I'm, I'm just not into that world. As well, much. I'm not as much either. I mean, because it's not. It's just not as interesting to me anymore. I'll I'll watch Lord of the Rings, and I'm probably going to read them again because I'm in this fantasy mode again. I'm reading. I finished the Gunslinger. I'm, I'm going to start the drawing of the three tomorrow. Um, I'm reading King Arthur. I've been reading, you know, I just finished Night of the Seven Kingdoms. I'm, I'm not, I forgot to bring that to you, but, um, you know, anyway. Um, Damon or Damon, um, waging his little war on the stepstones. Mm-hmm. There's a line in the book uh, where Viserys says, I'm, let's just keep him at war. Yeah, that uh, the keep him that out of occupies trouble. his time. Yeah, keeps him out of trouble, mm-hmm. and that seems to be true. He um, beginning of the episode, he's screaming, trying to get the crab feeder to come out. And they all retreat into the caves, and he doesn't say a single word the rest of the episode. Yet he steals the episode. Him and Viserys steal the episode. Yeah, they do, man. And I like the it is the 
compare and contrast between the two men. Viserys is a good man. He's kind. He is not suited to be a king. Um, Daemon is also probably not suited to be a king, but he is a very different man. He's the kind of man that people will rally around. He is a very much a, I hesitate to say it, Trumpian figure. <laughs> he is. I mean, he's he's brave, though. Yeah, yeah, well, there is that. <laughs> I'm the bravest. <laughs> All it took was his brother sending a letter and offering to help. To make him look weak. To, and then him being like, you know what? I gotta Fuck break, this. I got to break the siege on my own or die trying. And I'm going to be the bait, and then every all hell can break loose around me. And if I die, I die. That's great. Yeah. I like the fact that all the men, I like, I like the fact they all keep looking up. Yeah. They whenever they're looking for him. Whenever the, uh, <laughs> the crab feeder is like, comes out, he just keeps looking up, wondering what he keeps on motioning to him. And he just keeps death. cutting them down. I mean, that's, that established, I, I think Matt Smith, Matt Smith needs to win all the Emmys. He is fucking killing it. Um, you know, the, the show is, it doesn't have the warmth of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones had a certain warmth to it. It doesn't have that. Um, but that's because it's not as warm of a time. It's yeah. it's a very much more, there's a lot of more political infighting. Believe, you know, it was a, also, it was during a very long summer in, in Game of Thrones. It, you know, is it coming to the end of the long summer? So we're probably going to see a little bit of the North too coming up because uh, Jaceris, Rhaenyra's kid, flies north to rally some people and he meets one of the uh, like a young stark yeah. lord the lord of winterfell he's, he's like 20 years old or whatever and like they become bros i'm trying to think who that is it's not the hungry wolf i don't think rumor has it he bangs a stark bastard up there named sarah snow neat yeah um i i i, I need I, I you know as soon as I, as soon as you're done with that book i'm gonna read it again because I, I read it one time, and then I would flip through it to find factoids. I've only read it through, like, well, I've probably read it twice. But the second time was kind of just, like, half-hearted because I didn't have anything else, you know. Now I'm back into it. I actually want to read the Game of Thrones books again. But, man, i got to tell you, I've read some of the chapters so many times that I don't know. It's like watching the show. It's like watching the show. I can't watch the first few scenes with Daenerys and Viserys. They're just, to me, they're just, the scenes aren't very good. I mean, they're just, the, it's not that they're not very good. It's that the, the, the show hadn't found its place yet. It hadn't found yeah. its its footing. Um, they were expecting to fail. You can tell. They were really expecting to fail. Well, they didn't have very much money in the right. first season. That's exactly. why there's really no battles or anything. That's right. why in the hunting party, he it's just, Three dudes out in the woods. Right. Instead of this hunting party scene, which is it's dozens, gigantic. Yeah. He said that's what George wanted was a big hunting party scene, which is what it would have been. I, I like the when their Viserys doesn't even know how to kill a kill a, uh, an animal, and then they describe Robert killing. He used to kill boar all the time. You know, he would brace the spear and curse at the fucking animal. And then, and right before it got on him, he would thrust and fucking kill it. He killed the fucking boar that killed him after it had gored him. <laughs> That's what kind of man fucking Robert Baratheon was. He was, dude, once you read all the shit about him, he was a motherfucker, buddy. He was, he is, he's based on Richard the Lionheart. Richard the Lionheart was a peerless, terrifying warrior and a shit king. He loved whores and fucking wine, and you know he's that guy. He's, he's like what I would be if I was a king. Uh, if I could do whatever I wanted, 
I don't know. No repercussions. I'd be banging at least. I probably. I would do well. I wouldn't be it mean. De- it would depend. I mean, you know, if I'm that one, but you know, it's like you can't really know what you do in that position. I mean, absolute power is a very terrifying thing because it might. The reveal- gods have not created a man who doesn't want absolute power. That's true. I, I put up a post uh, earlier this week that uh, <clears throat> House of the Dragon went over budget three million per episode because Reese Evans. Uh, Patty uh, Considine and Matt Smith just kept eating the seed. Yeah, I saw that. It was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Patty Considine kills You can't take man. your eyes off of them. No. And when they're all three together, it's like, what? The, who am I supposed to look at? Exactly. This is amazing. And then uh, uh, Steve Toussaint is always oh, great. great. The interplay between him and his brother. You know, that was awesome. Lainor is, their, is, is his son. Yeah, Lainor is Corliss's kid. Okay. And then they're proposing him as a as a match for Rhaenyra. They, we saw um, our replacement for Varys this season. It's going to be uh, the clubfoot. Yeah. And then we saw the Breakbones. Mm-hmm. That's his nickname. The other strong kid. Which kid was Harwin that? Breakbones? There's Harwin. Harwin. And yeah. They, yeah. Um, fuck. Harwin. Harwin strong. Harwin strong. He's a. Well, the strong family. They're you know, there's they're they're uh I don't even know if they're around during they are. There's a few strongs that they mention in Game of Thrones in in, in the Song of Ice and Fire. I tell you what, um, I'm a Lyman Beesberry guy. The Beesberries are a great family. I, I like Lyman Beesberry. <laughs> I was a fan of the Craig Halls. The Craig Halls were they describe <laughs> Uh, Frey, it's going to be funny. Why well, I, I was a fan of them. The men are great big men, and the women all have great big tits. <laughs> they talk, did Walter Frey say that? Well, yeah. I mean, no. He, he said the Craig Hall women are sluts, and then it said that, uh, and then Catelyn was talking about he didn't like Jane Westerling, who was the woman who Robert got Rob got within the book. She wasn't some. Oh yeah, they you know. George or Martin actually made them change the girl's name that ended up. With Rob in the show because they were just she was just a completely different character. Yeah, it was Jane Westerling was her name. She's from a small, uh, proud but poor house, and she's like real small and she's pretty. And Catelyn is critiquing her. She's like she's a nice enough girl, but she's I wish he would have found a Craycall woman. He's like big hips to birth kids and big breasts to feed them is what she said. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> um, you know it's just like uh, their their symbol is a boar. The Craycalls are their their sigil is a boar. Hmm. And uh, I'm trying to think All the conversations Like The conversations that I wanted uh, From Feast for Crow, uh, Feast for Crows Which is Might be One of my favorite books Because of all the conversation You know The good conversation Jamie is Heavily featured in that book um, Is Jamie talking to his aunt And um, Then talking to the blackfish and they should have made more of that scene with the blackfish on the show because he, it, he, the shit he said to Jamie would have played, but it would have made Jamie seem weaker. I think they didn't put that in there because he, the blackfish challenges him to single combat. He takes off a glove and slaps him across the face with it. Mm. And he throws it down and he said, me and you right now, we'll settle the whole fucking thing. And Jamie said, I'd love that. I'd love to do that. He's trying to stand, trying to be swaggering. And the blackfish cuts him off. He's like, spare me, sir. We know you can't fight with that fucking hand. He's like, even if you were whole, I don't, I think I could take you, you know, talking shit. And which is 
Brendan Blackfish distinguished himself in the War of the Nine Penny Kings. He was he was a badass. Um, he's an old man by the time the Game of Thrones came around. And then having the discussion with his aunt about uh, Tywin's kids, and he said. Tyrion is Tywin's son. He's like she's like I love you. You're handsome. Your sister's beautiful, and you're a great swordsman or whatever. He said, but if you want the the who was Tyrion, uh, Tywin's true kid, it's Tyrion. He's the smartest one. He's you know basically basically shitting on Jamie, but still loved him in the same. In she loved him. You know, it's the Lannisters have their faults, but they are loyal to family. One so. thing I do respect about them is that they always pay their debts. Yeah, that's either all. good or bad. Yeah. And, we, got, uh, we met some Lannisters this week on the episode. We did. Jason. That, that, and, uh, uh, man, that clumsy fucking, it was painful watching him fucking crash and burn. I was like, dude. He's trying to bang her. Take the L. Fucking like, go away. <laughs> Peace out, Cub Scout. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the wine, sir. And as, as he's walking away, he dumps it out. Like, <laughs> the Lannisters are, they're not all bad. You know, you have Tyrion and then you have his grandfather, Tidos, who was a, a nice man. He was too nice. I mean, I haven't read the book yet, but uh, what they do to the girl that Tyrion's in love with whenever he's a 13, 14-year-old, yeah. they really they really, uh, really seems evil. Well, then made him go made him go at last, made him go last and give her, they all gave her stag, silver stags and he had to give her a golden dragon because the Lannisters are worth more. Hmm. It's rough. Braun, in the book, I don't know if he said in the show, he was just like, I don't care who that was, I would have killed that man who did that to me, you know? Braun in the in the in the book, you're gonna that's a that's a different character. He's young. Can't be more than twenty. They really changed him for the show. And I love I love the guy who plays Braun. He's great. So. Yeah, they he was only supposed to be a small, small part. Like and he was a few you know, a, yeah. few, a few episodes, mm-hmm. but they liked him so much that they <laughs> right. kept putting him back in. And he did a great job. He does a buddy cop thing with uh, <laughs> Jamie on Dorne. Yeah. That was <laughs> I love that. Um, so the Queen of England died. Yeah, I saw. Are we going to see any uh, sort of uh, Game of Thrones type tactics to uh, no. sure up succession? No, it's already it's already been secured. Yeah, damn it, Philip so, is the Philip is the heir apparent. Uh, Charles uh, abdicated. So Charles abdicated really? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure he did. I don't think so. He, I don't know. Isn't thought, Philip the one that was a pedophile and got in all this trouble? No, no, no. That's Edward. I think it is Edward. Philip is Diane is Diana's son, Prince Philip and Prince Harry. All right, Charles becomes king of England after the death of Queen Elizabeth. Okay, I, I thought he abdicated. He did not. That was I get maybe his brother, who uh, renounced all his titles and stuff okay. after the Epstein stuff. Right, right. But yeah. I don't think he was in line for it anyway. He might have been. Well, he's a what? What, are you, what they are dukes or yeah? You know, he was some yeah. dickhead. I don't know, but he. Uh, he might have been Queen Elizabeth's brother, so it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Right. That guy's a real big piece of shit. Oh, he's fucking horrible. He's. You want to talk about Queen Elizabeth for the next 45 minutes or so? What's there I to really say? got nothing to say. I, I mean, uh, I got nothing bad to say. She was seemed like a nice old gal. She was thrust into the role. She had to deal with some pretty fucking heavy hitters in her time. She had to deal with Churchill. I mean, you have that push and, that push and pull between... You know the crown and the and the elected government, um, and Churchill was a formidable human being. Um, mm-hmm. I love watching one of my favorite movies that I've watched over and over. One of the char- the 
official Charles Cannon movies is Darkest Hour, where uh, Gary Oldman just does not absolutely. You talk about chewing up scenery. Shit. I mean, he fucking ate it and he slathered it with fucking mustard. You know my favorite Churchill quote is? What? I'm Winston Churchill. (laughs) Do this, do that. I'm Winston Churchill. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently had like a a ritual that he did every day. He drank. Yeah. He got up and they were, I mean, have you seen Darkest Hour? No. You need to watch that. It's the, it is the perfect book into Dunkirk. It's the same time period. Same things are happening. Only it shows Dunkirk is what's happening to the army and, you know, darkest hours. How is as how they're getting them home? You know. Let me see. Let me see if I can find a uh, a good list of what he did every day. Winston Churchill's daily routine: seven thirty a.m. He awoke and remained in bed to eat breakfast and read the newspapers. From his bed, he continued working while dictating to the secretaries. Yep. 11 a.m., he finally got out of bed to take a walk around the garden, then poured himself a whiskey and soda. Yeah. 1 p.m., Churchill joined guests and families for multi-course lunch. 3.30, 3.30, he worked from his study, supervised the estate, or played board games with his wife. He loved his wife. Like, they had a very, like, a love, a love marriage. They really loved each other. 5 o'clock, he took a nap for an hour and a half, a habit he had acquired while in Cuba. He claimed that naps allowed him to do... A day and a half's work in 24 hours. 6.30 p.m., he woke from his nap, bathed, and prepared himself for dinner. 8 p.m., Churchill had dinner with guests, where drinks and cigars accompanied the meal. They would often, often they would stay up past midnight. Afterwards, Churchill would return to a study and work for an hour before bed. Hmm. He's a remarkable, remarkable human being. Gave one of the greatest speeches in the history of mankind. That speech talking about how, see, what they go into on the show, by the way, Stannis Baratheon is in that show. He plays uh, uh, Halifax, Lord Halifax, who was who wanted to be prime minister, and then um, what happened was is that they made um, Neville Chamberlain step down because he was very conciliatory. I'm Neville Chamberlain. <laughs> he was very conciliatory. Well, have you ever heard a more British name ever, Neville Chamberlain? Um, but he was very being very conciliatory and leading this this movement to make peace with the Nazis and you know all this stuff and you know at that time you know we can hindsight is twenty twenty man and, and you know England had to risk a lot and Churchill they were pushing per, Churchill for peace too and he's just like we can't make peace with that fucking madman he's like no matter what and that's when he gave the speech we'll fight him in the hills we'll fight him in the streets we'll fight him you know basically saying we're going to bleed them for every inch if they come here and they would have you know the Brits were people can say what they want about the Brits but the Brits can fight I mean because of they they have that fucking tenacity they're so tenacious and you know very it was you know, Scotland would have been with them, um, and, and most of the Irish, I assume. Although there was a lot of disagreement there because the Irish are very split over supporting the crown. They don't, you know, a lot of them don't like England, and they shouldn't. They've been treated pretty shabbily and split up, split, split into two different countries over it, over the whole fucking mm-hmm. thing, Northern Ireland and Ireland, and the Republic of Ireland, I should say. Um, but it would have been a you know, that movie is fucking great. Like, 
you know, they get into the the thing with Dunkirk where they they get all the ships sent over. And the, but he had one of the best quotes about America. You know, he said, "You can all America. You can always count on America to do the right thing after every other avenue has been exa- <laughs> been explored." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. <laughs> America has great things about it, you know, even in, you know, it's, even in world history, especially in, you know, like the world wars and stuff like that. We fought bravely. We were, you know, instrumental in defeating the Nazis and all those things. And, um, but yes, at, at times it seemed like we were going to drop the ball, but yeah, we didn't. So Queen of England, Queen of England, let me see, 95, 97, maybe yeah, somewhere in the, around there. Charles is not going to be a king that's loved. Everybody's going to just be waiting for him to die so his son can take over. He's got to be in his 70s, I'd imagine. He's been famous. He's been old since I was a kid. So. <laughs> well, he's never been handsome, and he's he's always been it's all that inbreeding. a bit of a wanker. These are essentially Targaryens. Targaryens are based on them, right? No, the Targaryens are based on... Uh, the whole thing's based on the War They're of the based Roses. on the War of the Roses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember if they're based on the uh, the Windsors or there's another, there's other families who were there's a family who started with an L who who um, Lyman Beesbury. <laughs> I like their sigil, the Beesberries. It's just a just a little B. Yeah. You want to do favorite things? Sure. Let's jump into that. Favorite things, episode three ninety three. What do you got? Well, um, I see. I'm seeing your thing about the. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, here's a good one. Luke Wilson always looked like you just told him your favorite metal band is Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, uh, House House of the Dragon. Um, Let's see what else have I done? Uh, finish. I finished the Gunslinger. Um, I put up a thing on Instagram. Where the only place where I put things is uh, my favorite part. It might be Stephen King's best writing in almost anything he's done. The, the Gunslinger is not a great book. Let's let's just let's just it it, it it starts a great series. The Drawing of the Three is the second book, and that's one of Stephen King's best works. It's one of the best fucking books I've ever read, and I can't wait to read it again because I love it so. Um, is he a gardener or uh, like an architect as far as writing goes? He's a gardener because he's talked about it before. He's when he was in the uh, afterward of the gunslinger. He's like, who is who? What is Rowan's relationship to Jamie Cuthbert and you know and all this stuff? He's like, I don't know. I don't know yet. He's like, who's Susan? I don't know. <laughs> he's like, he said that will be re- revealed to me as I write it. And that's he wrote these when he was on Coke and stuff too, didn't he? Some of them, like he wrote the latter ones. When he was not, because mm. the Dark Tower, the seventh book, only came out a few years ago. It might be, it might be almost eight, over ten years ago. It is one of the most people. It's one of the most debated books in fantasy history. But a lot of people hate it. 
Um, I happen to like it. I thought the Dark Tower was a great book. I thought it ended abruptly. I thought it was, you know, it was a satisfactory ending without being spectacular, you know. But um, there's a scene where Roland Disjane, who is the gunslinger, you to become a gunslinger, you have to challenge your teacher and beat him in single combat. Um, without you, you can choose your weapon, but it can't be a firearm. Um, he has a hawk named David, and he chooses his hawk. And he throws it at fucking court and hits court's face and fucks him up, rips his ear off. And then um, they get into a fight and Roland picks up his stick and fucking beats him down with it. And it is one of the greatest scenes because court is so proud of Roland. Roland is the youngest person ever to become a gunslinger, like ever, even younger than his father, who had been the youngest. And um, the scene where he's challenging court is great because apparently you have what you have to do is you have to kick in his door or whatever and challenge him and like, you know, like it's a fight. You know, like I call you out. I'm calling you out right now. Basically, it's a like the old West. He's I'm calling you out, son. And and, um, and court is just like trying to stop him. He's just like he's like he's like, I'm proud, lad, but this isn't the right time. He's like, it's like you're too young. I'll forget this. We can all forget this ever happened. I won't say anything, all this stuff. And uh, Rowan is like, no, I'm, you know, I'm doing this. And he's like, well, choose your weapon. And he's like, I've chosen it. And he doesn't have to tell him. Um, so then, so that's when he chooses his Hawk that he's always used. And it's, it's fucking awesome, dude. Um, in the wizard glass, which is the fourth book, which is a prequel kind of what happens. They meet some failed gunslingers that have gone West you can when you are kicked out of Gilead for failing the gunslinger test, you go west, and they just you're like you're out, you can't be here anymore. Hmm. And they meet meet a couple of these guys who are still badasses in their own right. They're called the Coffin Hunters, the Big Coffin Hunters. And there's a showdown between Roll and two of his friends, some of the Big Coffin Hunters, and it's one of the fucking greatest things ever because they're kids. This is shortly after that winning, beating Court in single combat and getting their starter weapons. They don't even, he didn't even have the big sandalwood fucking big irons yet he just has one of them has a spear and one of them has a fucking slingshot you know but it's a slingshot with metal balls and they're not you know they really fuck you up Mm -hmm. and one of the best scenes is is that they've got a gun to i think it's it might be Roland's head or something like that and he's like he's like surrendered he's like no (laughs) that's what it boils down to fuck you i'm not you know and then it Everybody steps back They weren't going to be Intimidated by these guys And they knew who they were And it was Great Um, So fantasy literature Just in general Is um, Sci-fi is a Somewhat distant second Um, Even if the You know Because a lot of sci-fi Is just fantasy Dressed up Um, You know Star Wars is not Sci-fi It's fantasy Um, It's just the best stuff You know You I think you can do the truest human interactions in fantasy. You know, you just kind of game of Thrones is a, and all that stuff is a story about politics and people. It's not about dragons or any of that shit. That shit is almost immaterial. So, um, it's great. Um, what else? Oh, start playing the Arkham games again. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I fucking forgot how good they are, how much I love them. They're so good. Um, I bought them for $10. They were on sale for $9 on the fucking PlayStation. Like all four of them? All three of them. Not Arkham In a Orton. bundle? Not Arkham Ordens. I, I played that. I don't like it. The um, first three, though. First three. Um, I'm getting ready to finish up Arkham, Arkham Asylum. And then, you know, of course, it's Arkham City and then Arkham Knight. Arkham City might be the best one. Arkham City's great. Because um, you get the whole city the first mm-hmm. time you get the whole city. Well, Arkham Knight is so fucking huge, though. It's Arkham the whole Knight city, and it's fucking, you know. Is that the one where you you, you can drive the- Yes, uh, you drive the Batmobile. Yeah. That's Arkham Knight. It's a tank. It's fucking crazy because uh, the best voice work. That is the best. Those, in my opinion, hands down, the best Batman incarnations. Fucking Kevin Conroy is Batman. Mark Hamill is the Joker. He's the best Joker. Fucking hands down. I don't care what anybody says. He's so humorous, and he but he's so menacing at the same time. And I don't even know that's sexism on my part. I guess I don't know who play Harley, who plays Harley Quinn's voice, but she's fucking great too. Um, let's look that up. Mm, I think it's the lady that plays her in the new versions. Maybe probably not on the HBO show. No, that's uh, Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah. This is good. This is good radio. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Arlene Sorkin? Arlene Sorkin. Okay. So let's look her up. Arlene. Got to know what she looks like. Huh. Definitely not anything like I would expect her to. I mean, she just. Yeah, Tara Strong plays her, has played yeah, her before, too. She's played her before. Who does a good job. Um, but I just like that, you know, Mr. J, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then I I forgot the the Arkham the Suicide Squad kills the the Justice League. I don't think it's even out yet, even though they've you know all that stuff. And I watched the trailer where you know it's got Harley Quinn and she's doing the thing with her fingers and you know and like starts talking shit and then they start kicking a bunch of ass over bom- uh, bombs over Baghdad and you know they're and then uh, my favorite part of the whole thing is. It's like, well, who is this alpha target we're supposed to take out? And then you see something fly in the background back and forth, taking out helicopters and shit. And uh, Boomerang, whoever that guy is, he's a, a Flash villain. He comes strutting up. He's like, who's our alpha target? And then it's fucking Superman. And they all point up at him. And he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting there thinking, man, even if, you're got, even if you have superhuman powers and you're pretty powerful, like – Take somebody like uh, even Shazam or Captain Marvel or something like that, or not Captain Marvel, um, Martian Manhunter. You still wouldn't want to fucking fight Superman. You're like, this is going to be a bad day for me. You know, I'm not going to. I'm probably not making that, making my, making that out of this one. You know, the closest fight I've ever seen is in Kingdom Come, where you have Shazam and that, and they call him Captain Marvel um, versus. Superman and it is a fucking knockdown drag out is one of the most awesome. Arkham City Terra Strong is is uh, Harley Quinn. Okay. And probably in Arkham I'm probably Arkham well. like too. Yeah. She's kind of hot. She is pretty. I've seen her. Um she probably plays her in Suicide Squad uh kills the Yeah. Um I love man some parts of fucking even they they redressed it a little. They dressed it up a little bit more because it's you know like a remaster or whatever. Um, but man, it still looks great. I mean, it has parts where it don't look great, like the facial animations aren't good yet and everything. They changed that 
markedly in, in Arkham City. Like it gets way better. And then by Ar- Arkham Knight, it's fucking flawless. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Um, it's been so long since they put out a Batman game. It has. Uh, Suicide Squad is apparently it's by Rocksteady, so you yeah. know it's going to be good. But it's it's a, it's going to be a different feel like it's more chaotic it's gonna be more like doom i think as opposed to the arkham games they do uh, well but i like the fact that they did three and out they're like we're making three of these and mark hamill that was his last thing he said i'm doing this and then i'm not doing anything else and he has stuck to that so um some people have been playing joker who i don't think were very good choices to play joker um, yeah, like they had a completely different cast for Arkham Origins. I think it was made by a different studio. It was is by uh, is by Warner Brothers Studios. It's, it looked fine. Used the same engine. It was yeah. fine. I liked it, but okay. it, it it lacked from what I played. It lacked the just the fucking sheer genius and fucking you know what do you call it? It lacks the je ne sais quoi. I don't know. I'm looking for the word. I can't a certain. Find it. I don't know what. <laughs> uh, like in, inspiration that's not inspired yeah. you know there are parts the part of arkham where you get hit with the fucking gas and you're walking down that hallway and then you turn into young bruce wayne seeing his parents like the whole scene fucking brilliant you know and it's just in those games um especially the second and third one arkham city is its own character yeah or um gotham's its own character mm-hmm. sort of like in the newest movie gotham's its own character in that movie yes which is good mm-hmm. is what you want um in the Arkham Origins one, it just wasn't. It's just it lacks inspiration. It lacks you know that that certain something that makes a game just that. It's like it's like The Last of Us, The Last of Us remake. That's a that's a favorite thing. Even though I haven't been able to fucking play it yet, I refuse to watch any footage of it because I want to go in fresh. Even though I know what happens, you know, it's going to be the exact same game, just better, better looking. I it's, I don't I, I think it's so much better looking that it, it might give you better weapons or whatever i'm not sure no it, it, actually they they redid some parts and, and included some things but it is the exact same game but it's so much more detailed and the ai is different it's going to be a different game much more difficult for one thing um i haven't been able to lay hands on a ps5 and Nor it's, have I. it's just fucking driving me nuts i think we should probably just go in on it go in half on one but then we got to figure out who it goes to at certain times yeah <laughs> It's like the old fucking sitcom premise. Yeah. We'll just do this, and then we can keep it each other's house. Yeah, no, it's not going to work. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> hey, man, can I get the PS5? I'm in the middle uh, of something. No. Um, I would beat The Last of Us in a weekend. Like, if I had a couple days off from work, that was that is the only thing I would do. Um, I just lo- That's my favorite thing. It's just inspired, you know, things that are... I can't wait for the Callisto Protocol. I've seen fucking. I don't even know what that, that is. Oh shit, that man! It is a Dead Space knockoff that is better than the original, and they're remaking Dead Space, Callisto and it's fucking. Callisto Protocol. I'm looking up a trailer right now as we speak. You want a gameplay demo or a trailer? It's up to you. Do a I've gameplay reveal trailer. There we go. It's only three minutes. I'll probably get right to the point. Striking Distance Studios. Craft on. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. Yeah, look how real it looks. If you haven't figured out the premise yet, it is zombies in spaceships. That's great. 
The 3D audio is freaking yeah, out. Yeah, I, mean, I was getting ready to mention that. That's another thing they did in Last of Us is you're able to hear the infected before you see them. That'll freak me the fuck out. The AI in this apparently is really good. The monsters are extremely intelligent. Um, you didn't kill it quick enough. That's terrifying. Think about this game. I mean, just how fucking amazing this fucking game is. This place was is an OSHA nightmare. There's all kinds <laughs> yeah. of exposed gears and everything. I like this. You also get a melee weapon in this, which you didn't get in Dead Space. It is just uh, a... It's one of those things where they just copied and make something far superior. Yeah. It's a very Japanese thing where you just take something existing and make it into something so much better than anybody else can do. Although I am anxious to see the new Dead Space game. So, I've never played any Dead Space. Dude, they're fucking Most great. of these games I never played. I always played sports games and then Batman games. That's pretty much all I cared about. Let's see what we got going on now. We seem to have changed scenes. <laughs> this looks like gameplay, like you have to do something. That'll that's something that'll drive me fucking bats. Like you have to do things in the right sequence or oh yeah. god. I don't know if I want to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> The graphics are absolutely gorgeous. Did you see that water on the fucking camera? Now they're just fucking with you about how good they can do shit now. This is insane. I know. Up. Oh, good lord. <laughs> there you have it. Callisto Protocol. Um, that looks pretty cool. I'm trying to think of their favorite. Apparently, Henry Cavill might be joining Game of or uh, House of Dragon. What role could Henry Cavill possibly be playing? Um, they make him a Targaryen. He'll look too much like his. No, character. he won't be a Targaryen. He might be a Baratheon. I don't think we've seen any Baratheons yet. Uh, we? We've seen a knight with the Baratheon sigil. That's about it. Yeah, I don't, we haven't seen Baratheon lords yet. He is, especially if he bulks up some, he is ideally suited to be a Baratheon. Um, there is a Baratheon that is in the mix of the of the whole thing. Yeah, there's Orlis and Bormund. Bormund? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Orlis is early. Yeah. Bormund is right around the time of the Dance of Dragons, yeah. I think. Um well, there was, to start, there was Oris, Oris Baratheon, who was the uh, hand of the king to Aegon the Conqueror. And he is a Targaryen bastard. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's the guy that defeats the guy. He's he, the one who he beats Argalac. So much. Yeah, he beat, he, he beat Argalac the Arrogant in single combat. And he respected him so much that he kept he his just sigil. just kept a sigil in his fucking arms. That was his awesome. colors awesome. and everything. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'd like to see that battle. Put that on TV. Dude, that, there's so much good shit that they can put on there, and he is such a fucking brilliant writer. I mean, just... I, I hate the people who bitch and piss and moan and fucking, you know. Um, one thing that is not a favorite thing, is, but it needs to be mentioned, is Peter Straub died today. Peter Straub. Peter Straub was the guy who helped, who was the co-writer with Stephen King. Oh, yeah. The Talisman. The Talisman, yeah. So, and it is not being talked about enough. He, that is, the Talisman is one of the finest books ever written, in my opinion. It is so fucking good. It is so Stephen King. He needed Peter Straub to make himself more Stephen King. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. I mean, it's it's so 80s, early 80s slash late 70s that you can feel it. You can smell the dust. You know, that's that's one of the, the, the things I always think about when I'm reading the Talisman is I can smell the dust in the fucking, in the air from the Republican-led fucking White Houses where they don't give a shit about fucking pollution and all that stuff. Um, it, it's you just, but it, yet somehow things were better then. It's crazy. Um, so here's some, some more bad news. Um, who's the uh, Sapochnik? Yeah, Miguel Sapochnik quit. He, he left uh, House of the Dragon. I think it just ran him down so much. He just couldn't. But there's another guy that came in that directed a lot of the really good episodes in the first and wrote a lot of the really good episodes in the first few seasons. Mm-hmm. He's coming into House of Dragon. Right. So it's like a. Okay. It's, it's it's not it's not going to change anything. I mean, Miguel Sapochnik is great, but you know it's, he directed some. He he directed the best episodes of the later. He seasons. did. He did the Long Night. He directed that, and that was fucking. Phew, he directed um, the Bells. I believe he directed Battle of the Bastards. He did a lot of the early ones. The guy that's coming in, don't know his name. I apologize, guy. If you're for some reason listening to this, what's <laughs> no, your problem? Wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he directed a lot of the great early episodes. Mm-hmm. So six one way, half a dozen the other. I'll yeah. take what I can get. Um, I think that's all for me this week. Um, oh, joined a new gym. Oh, neat. Um, it's got things like the big thing for farmer's walks and sleds and all that shit. So I'm fucking. I'm hearing sleds are really good for knees, pushing and pulling sleds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a YouTube channel, Knees Over Toes Guy. And we're always taught not to put your knees over your toes. Football, baseball, everything, you don't put your knees over your toes. Yeah. But he's teaching you to do it, and it strengthens your knees somehow. I think that, like, I, I, I was having to squat on the, um, the the Smith machine at the hospital. Fucking sucks. People said it's much easier. It isn't. It's not easier. You got to keep perfect form. Well, it's not only that, but everybody's form is different. And, yeah. it's, and it moves in a, you move in an arc. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't move in naturally. A, it's an arc, exactly. So, um, it totally. I, I did squats yesterday too. Oh no, this morning. Shit, I went at two o'clock this morning. Where's your new gym at? Over in Adina. Okay, it's uh, Nate Wright's place. Oh shit, it's, it's good. It's a, it's a really good gym. Is he in that warehouse right at the mouth <laughs> of Adina? That used to yeah. be like a little thrift store. Okay, I was always wondering. No, no, not that one. And you see, you go down there, you take a right. Well, it is a warehouse. Yeah, but there's two of them sitting down there. There's one of them that sits right beside the apartments, and there's one a little bit farther down. I've been wondering where the hell he has this place at. It's local. I couldn't find it because I it's, it was in low places, and then it directed me into a completely different place. So uh, I just got with him and, and you know found out and paid, and I'm I'm excited about it. I, I, the workout thing is going really well. So I need to start doing something again. I'm getting. Complacent, yeah, that's you know it's I mean? easy to get. Um, my favorite things, House Dragon, of course. Um, uh, reading that book, the uh, 
it's finding out about things and seeing um, where they're going to go with this show mm-hmm. and knowing like they're going to change this. They're definitely going to change this. They're definitely going to change that. Some of the things are going to be so shocking and so brutal that people are going to have a problem with it. I think uh, it really, the book really delivers it delivers it in a matter of fact way because it's a history. It does. And there's not really a whole lot of dialogue as we've discussed blood and cheese. That's going to be, yeah, there's three different, three different um, perspectives on a lot of the things. Mm-hmm. And like there's a septum and septum and a uh, maester that give all the, normal ones and then mushroom comes in with his version of things it's right. all always just a little bit fucked up which i think is more it's probably closer to the truth yeah because he has no politics involved but he like anytime there's a stillborn child he gives it this crazy amount of like it was born with scales and a dragon's tail <laughs> right right from its mouth. well what he's trying to do is you know he's he's a salesman he's, he's flowering he's up. selling it to you yeah. you know what i mean yeah he's taking a little bit of creative license yeah maybe it was born with dragon scales i don't know well they said that about uh daenerys's kid in um the one that was stillborn um, in Game of Thrones. Um, in the after, show? After, yeah. after Drogo, after she, after she got Miri Mazdor to, um, to just let him live, you know, she sacri- and then they talked about how the baby was born with a, with wings and a tail and all kinds of stuff. And it was just like, and from a sound, from a sound, it might've been, cause she, they took her into the, the, uh, Wait till you read that scene. That scene is fucking way more eerie and disturbing in in print than it is on the, in the because you can see the you can see these uh, she's doing the magic and it's just this voice that's at the edge of sanity. It just goes up and down and it's very like ululating is what ululating I think is the name and um, you can see she's dancing and then you can see things dancing with her like a man in flames, a giant wolf, you know all these you know these things these magical things and they and sir jorah doesn't understand she got hit in the stomach and knocked down or something she's she's going into premature labor and he carries her in that tent and he shouldn't have done that and sir jorah talks about that later he's like i saw things in that tent that i can't unsee things that are burned into my brain you know when you read those books man you'll you'll understand why i'm so obsessed with them hmm um, another favorite thing is I watched the 25th anniversary concert that uh, the South Park guys did at Red Rock. I heard about this. It's so funny. Did they do Boogers and Come? Of course they did Boogers and Come. <laughs> I just watched that episode with the fucking Yelpers. God, they are able to nail people with shit. Like, uh, Stan's, no, uh, Kyle's dad thought he was so important. He's smoking the pipe. And then the cop, you know, and then the, all these people thought they were important people. Boogers and Come. Welcome to South Park. This is South Park. They have Primus and Ween as their backup band. Oh, nice! And they're also very good musicians. Are they? Matt, I'm sure. Trey is definitely a very good musician. Matt Stone, he's competent. He's competent. This is like a once in a lifetime thing to do. South Park is the greatest show ever. What I heard about the show, I creamed. Nice. I thought this was Boogers and Come, but I don't think it is. That's just the opening of it. I want I want the uh, performance of Boogers and Come. I'm sorry. You can just get it off the show, baby. <laughs> Boogers and Come. Oh, well, let's just play this. Let all my fans know I love them. 
But a gay fish just can't live in the absolute. I hope this pissed off Kanye West so fucking bad. Don't be sad for me, guys. What's crazy? This sounds like a Kanye song from that time. It does. Even his rapping and singing sounds like a Kanye song. Matt Stone's playing the bass. I've been so lonely, girl. I've been so sad and down. Couldn't understand why haters joked around. Wanted to be free with other creatures like me. Now I got my wish. Cause I know that I'm a gay fish <laughs> God, I hope that pisses off that fucking cunt <laughs> I fucking hate his guts, dude It's alright, girl Making love to other gay fish I was lonely nights At the grocery store In the frozen fish I'll be like a whore Cause it wasn't being true Even though everyone said I had to make a switch Did they have Cause I know that I'm a gay fish things to alter their voice when they're singing yeah they they have their whenever they're talking as the boys they have themselves pitched up a little bit yeah and on this he's got definite um auto-tune to be scared denying who i was acting straight but going out to gay fish clubs with the marlins making out with there's another one that i really loved they performed the ballad of lemmy winks and they brought out Lemmy the, Wings. They brought out the um, the guy that does the voice of Mr. Slave. Oh God! And he dressed in a tuxedo, and he brought out a folder, a black folder with music in it. Yeah. And they would do the song, and it would cut over to him, and he go, "Jesus Christ." <laughs> Turn the page. <laughs> Jiva. <laughs> so fucking That's funny. Great. Ooh, do they have uh, let, Let's Fighting Love? Do you remember this one? Oh, is this the, the anime one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Sounds just like a song you hear on that. Yeah. Is that really Japanese? No, no. Um I don't know. It's it was kind of weird seeing all the like all these great musicians playing this stupid music. Yeah, but it was so fucking funny. It showed the um, showed the uh, origin of the theme song. Mm-hmm. They had seventy five dollars to get a theme song made, and because they the um, the spirit of Christmas had been going around Hollywood and Comedy Central got a hold of them. Yeah, and they had seventy five dollars to get the theme song, so they wrote a letter to Claypool. How did it get to them? I don't know. You know, we have seventy five dollars, yeah, and they recorded a version of the theme song. It's the version that you hear at the end of the show. Oh yeah, and then they said they sent back for seventy five dollars. They said we'd like a little faster, a little little peppier. So what they, <laughs> all they did was just speed it up, yeah, add lyrics. 
at the, the going down to South Park, going to have yeah. myself time. That's all yeah. they did. <laughs> God, <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Um, you can tell that Matt or Trey Parker is really comfortable on stage and really wanted to be a rock star. But this will this will. Matt deal. Stone wasn't. Yeah, Matt, Matt Stone liked. He was having a great time. Yeah, but you could tell because. Trey Parker was all over the stage, mm-hmm. like a lot of his presence. Yeah, Matt Stone was just protect my balls. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't do the "I Am Lord" song, but they didn't. <laughs> um, it's also very weird watching, um, like Randy's voice coming out of them, or uh, yeah, Butters. I didn't, I didn't know that Matt Stone's the one that does Butters. I thought it would have been Trey Parker. Yeah, it does sound like a Trey Parker yeah. voice. Matt or Trey Parker is Randy and Cartman and yeah. probably Stan. Kyle is Matt Stone. I don't know. It was extremely entertaining. I enjoyed every second of it. It was so stupid. It does sound good. so extremely stupid, which is exactly what you want. Um, other favorite things. I got a big uh, disc golf tournament this weekend. Nice. The Green, the Green, Green Briar Valley Open. One round Saturday, one round Sunday. Nice. I'm going to try to win this one. The other ones I wasn't trying to win. This one I'm going to try. Yeah, that's <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> I haven't really been trying yet. Yeah. No. <laughs> What's funny is I pretty much know everybody in my division. Yeah. I, I think I could possibly if. If I have a good round, and at, le- at least some of them have the same round that they usually have, mm-hmm. I could possibly win. But sure. if I have a great round, then I could possibly win. Um, if I have a terrible round, there's no shot. We're, right. we're coming home empty-handed. I think no I'm gift. actually going to get no a, gift certificates. No, no gift certificates for me. I think I'm actually going to get a hotel room and stay there instead of driving back and forth. Where is it again? It's in uh, the first round is at the state fairgrounds. Okay. Second round is Greenbrier State Forest. Oh, nice. So I think I'm just going to get a hotel room and stay. I don't know how expensive hotel rooms are. Uh, Adam Bryant is probably going to stay. J-Mo probably will. Um, hopefully it works out. Hopefully one of us wins. That would be nice. It was, it was going to be three rounds, and the top 25% of each division um, after two rounds plays in the third round. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would have been cool if one of us makes it to the final round and like we get to either they get to caddy for me or I get to caddy for one of them. I thought, I thought that'd be cool. Walk yeah, around right. with the backpack on <laughs> and, and give bad advice because I you're actually better than me. Well, I mean, you guys could eat with JMO could be performance art. He could berate you. Yeah. <laughs> have him put a chew in yeah. and just scream at me. Yeah. As Terry did hey, wash basin. Here, uh, put a chew in and smoke a cigarette and wear this caterpillar hat and you can scream at me like you're my dad. <laughs> Maybe I'll start doing better. <laughs> Let's fighting love. I think I'm done. I think that's the episode. Is it not a bad app? No, not too bad. Hour and twenty minutes. Song. My uh, traps are hurting for some reason. Like right here. Mine are too, but I know why mine are hurting. They just. I think I I carry too many heavy things at work today. I love this. I'm get. I was focused on powerlifting so much that I had lost my. Famous endurance, like I'm. I, I, I used to yeah, have people. This, you had story that people, people, people write songs about. It. They do. I mean, it's, it's folklore. 
Um, no, I mean, I, 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 I always had. As a bard, I've written many songs. <laughs> About Charles, <laughs> you should actually write a, a fucking song about it. Um, what would your Charles the uh, Charles the long lasting Charles the? Uh, what if I was a knight? Yeah, Charles the uh, the. Uh, well, it wouldn't have to be the something. You could just be, you know, the, the plotter, the plotter, <laughs> <laughs> the tireless. Charles the Tireless. Charles, Charles the Tireless. There yeah. you go. I'm going to write that down. That might be the title of the episode, right? Sneaking it in. Charles the Tires. It means you don't have tires. Do not have tires. Mm. You looking for a song? Yeah. Boogers and Poop. Or Boogers and Cum. I'm sorry. Um. Oh, this is a good one. This is a... A band called Strung Out. Make sure my. All right, I got you turned up. Let me make sure this is up. Okay. All right, you ready? Let's fighting love. All right. Thanks for listening. Go fuck yourselves. I'm going to win the tournament this weekend, whether you like it or not. 